What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TV party tonight. Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge broadcasting. That's me. Premier podcast TV party tonight. And I am said Rattledge, your host. And tonight, our favorite show is Homicide, Life on the Street, Season 6, brought to you by the man, the myth, the legend, David Simon. We are on the road through all of David Simon's great works. We're calling it From the Corner to the Deuce. These are all the shows that he had a major hand in as an executive producer, writer, director, best boy, gaff, caterer, all of it. It was all David Simon all the time. <laughs> this is our second episode, and I'd like to apologize for the first time we did this. Uh, I was having a nervous breakdown. My son was flooding the toilet. There were no plungers in the house. It was dark out, and there were wolves after me. Wolves. But I, I want to bring on the man, the myth, the legend. Some people know him as Dick Titten or the, or the submissive yeah. Brad, but I just call him the love of my life <laughs> and the man who's who held it down a month ago when I uh, could not keep it together. Ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, Jesse Starcher, how do you do, sir? Uh, Mark Rattle, it's good to be back talking some homicide life on the street. Season six, man. Season mm-hmm. six, we're on our way, just like you said, down the road, down the path. Uh, yeah, man, last last month, we got through it. We made it through. People know what happened. If not, I got a little recap here, not of our podcast, because that was a train <laughs> yeah, Please wreck, don't but... recap the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I got a little the podcast recap. went like this. Be right back, Jesse. I'm back, Jesse. Be right back, Jesse. Plunge, plunge, plunge. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's all good. It's all good. We all have those days sometimes. So, But yeah, Indeed. man, glad to be back. We're, we're, we're working on this passion project, getting uh, getting our second full episode in here season six so um i mean look 
I know I'll be driving the train today. We got to be honest with our listeners. Mark Radlich, he's had he's had his uh, uh, you know, let's just say he's got some episodes in. He doesn't have the whole all of them, so some of the stuff may be a surprise to him. That's been I've, this I, whole week. Like Sean didn't, didn't get all the movies watched. I couldn't get all of Homicide watched. Yeah. It's 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 been a, um, a big chunk too, man. You're talking yeah. like 23 episodes, 45 minutes a piece. I mean, Hang on, I'm gonna really say something with you real quick. So. Right. So, you know, whenever you go off screen, there's like an avatar that comes up here. I just changed mine because for a while, I think everyone was using Eric's Dr. Manhattan one. This okay. is mine. You ready? Ah, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> you like that, right? Ah, <laughs> make it give care, me Spider-Man. <laughs> make it care. <laughs> make it care. Oh, I can see it there. Yeah, yeah it's, right. it just on. has a little see, circle outline. I don't know if you can right. see that or not, but yeah. Yeah, it, I, I I pulled that from somewhere of of the J. Jonah Jameson, the thing saying make it gayer. I'm like, Fantastic. I need that as I need that as an avatar. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, back to back to homicide. Yes. Um we watched all of the first season and um we got around to this one. And it's funny because I was actually having a conversation with my lovely wife yesterday about you know, she goes to me, she's like, you know, it was never the podcasting. The podcasting was only about an hour you know, or two, usually when I was sleeping. It was the having to watch 30 hours of television to so prepare for a week of podcasting. And I was right, like, dude, I, I get it. So um, I this conversation came up um, last night when when Robert and I were talking Firestarter, uh, the new one, because I because we were kind of going over the same information, how hard it is to do weekly television reviews. Mm-hmm. And to do multiple reviews, like I was doing, I think back in November, where I think I scheduled like three TV reviews all in one week. Like <laughs> I, I, when do I have time for this? Wow. Yeah. I, so one one a week is probably enough, and then eventually just there'll be none because I I can't do this anymore. It's easier to watch a couple of movies, listen to an album while I'm working out, and be prepared and refreshed for this. It is not easy to do multiple series of television watches yeah. every single week. Yeah. I mean, dude, look. I, you know me, I, I probably left my house. There was a point where I left my house one time in a week. I've been <laughs> at the house the whole week. And right. all I did was sit there with my wife, you know, I'd get off mm-hmm. of work, go upstairs, watch Homicide. So mm-hmm. and we would throw in three or four episodes. And sometimes on a weekend, we could, we were really invested in this show. We really liked it. We, I've mm-hmm. already got, you know, I've told you, I've already, I've already watched all three seasons that we're covering. Plus the mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> I'm okay. already. So yep. But uh, but yeah, season well, six, man. I've got I got notes. We're ready to go. Well, you know what, Jesse? Tell me. This is your fucking show, man. Oh, look at that! <laughs> this is your show, baby. I won't shy away from the camera like some people. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not brat taming you. <laughs> Don't okay? brat tame me. Ah, uh, that's beautiful. No, well, um, I did. I watched the first two episodes and I watched the last two episodes, so I am prepared to talk about that. And I do have some thoughts, but this okay. is your show. So okay. hit me, hit me, baby, one more time. Let's start with a recap, okay? Let's uh, uh, recapping season five. I got Everybody my... tried to kill themselves in the season five. <laughs> <laughs> so okay detective frank pimbleton uh you know that his arc in that season he was recovering from his stroke uh trying to get back a- into his job trying to get back on the streets uh just to do what comes naturally to him there was a bit of a struggle he's able to do that however uh i think him and his wife separate uh near mm-hmm. it's either in the middle of the season or uh but by the end she's coming back Okay. Uh, we also have the personal journey of Detective Tim Bayless, which does not cease. Uh, mm-hmm. This, you know, this season also shines a light on his uh, personal journey. Like I said, uh, he's definitely struggling with the trauma last season of being abused by his uncle. 
uh, when he was a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we find out he goes to go take care of him, uh, which was inter- it was a pow- powerful, powerful episode. Uh, but obviously, the main the main meat of what's going on in the homicide unit is detective Mike Kellerman and his, uh, let's just say he struggled to clear his name mm-hmm. as a man who was not on the take in his arson division prior to coming to the homicide unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that mental anguish almost led him to suicide. So he about kills himself. Meldrick his Meldrick Lewis, his partner talks him out of it. Uh, near the end of the season, we're all thinking everything's good with Kellerman until there's a chase involving Luther Mahoney, who ends up going up into like a penthouse or something. Mm-hmm. Lewis follows him up there, uh, and there's a struggle. Then Mahoney grabs a gun. He's got it pointed at Lewis, and Kellerman and Stiver show up. And just as Luther puts his gun down to surrender, Kellerman blows him away. And right Which, there in front of Lewis, right there in front of uh, Stivers, mm-hmm. and and so, they're dealing with this in the season finale of episode of uh, season six of season five. Well, no, or no, this comes no, back you're again. Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, season five, Munch is just munching. I mean, that, that guy is. That's all he did in season yeah, five. He's like so. he's like the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> he is too. He's got these great quips mm-hmm. that he busts out every once in a while. Right. These bits of wisdom. It's uh, so funny because yeah. it's like the homicide life on the street is very reminiscent of Law and Order, um, except that Law and Order focuses on a set of detectives, whereas Homicide is the entire Homicide unit, right. and so they flit around between each set of partners. Um, and then there's like a central drama per episode, and sort of a running thread through the entire season. That's the structure of the show. And and everything with Munch, there's never any personal drama. No, it's always it's, it's whenever rare. they cut to him, it is just hard nose. What case are they working now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and him complaining about having to work, <laughs> yes. or there's some kind of government conspiracy. Uh, yes, because because yes. he's not really a character. It's just Richard Belzer. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, the season finale of of season five uh, saw the squad look into the death of former detective Bo Felton. And we also got an introduction to Detective Paul Falzone and mm-hmm. Detective Stu Gardy. Uh, so in the five final moments of the finale of season five, Lieutenant Giardello comes out and he says, oh, my goodness, everybody. Hey, be ready. They're going to rotate us. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's they are the, the squad's kind of like left in limbo as to like who's going to be there because they're going to rotate these guys out into like robbery, sexual crimes, mm-hmm. things like that. So they, you know, the homicide unit may not be what it was when we leave when we head into season six which it isn't <laughs> the, fully. the homicide unit's being mothballed we're just gonna let people kill kill, kill each other <laughs> it's fine we, the homicide unit is so corrupt yeah. <laughs> we can't even have one anymore yeah um but yeah so detective k howard uh we saw her in all the you mm-hmm. know in the season five she's gone and jh brody the documentarian gone mm-hmm. so those are the the two casualties i'd say after the end of season five uh, but that's kind of a recap of where we're going to start things in season six. So, so, se- so season six brings us new cast member Callie Thorne, of which mm, I say, mm, goodness, she mm-hmm. is. I had to, I had to confess <laughs> to my wife that I had, your hall pass? I had a huge crush on her. I from, don't know from where though, because because she's from she's Homicide in... Life on the Street, sir. Are you shitting me? Seriously, so not that, that far you. back? Because the first time. The first time I ran afoul of the um, God's perfect woman, Callie Thorne, I used to say God's perfect woman was Selma Hayek. 
but then oh, I get accused of hating my own odd. race. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, <laughs> what do you got? You got a fetish for Hispanic women? <laughs> no, she's just perfect. <laughs> um, so the the most perfect white woman, Callie Thorne, just amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, there is a. I don't even know if I have this in my notes, but I was that I've got for tonight. <laughs> Your notes I, read. <laughs> my, 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 my notes as I am going through this, uh, uh, th- through the seasons, I'm just taking like scattered notes all episode. Mm-hmm. And I have like five or six notes, but one, I remember specifically going over one. I was cultivating through these things that said, you know, Lieutenant or uh, Lieutenant detective Ballard had her hat on backwards. Oh my gosh. Just <laughs> hottest thing ever. But, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Laura Ballard, Detective Laura Ballard shows up here and we open up season six. You said you watched the first two episodes. G is like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've already I'm, done this search. I'm leaving okay? this I, I know on the this, screen. <laughs> I know this Google page, actually, because I was looking at it earlier. <laughs> Jesse has that shit bookmarked. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, what are you sir. doing in the basement? She... Nothing. Why are you bringing the lotion? Shut up. <laughs> I'm just trying to find all the episodes of Necessary Roughness. <laughs> I don't That's know. Right. Which, she was on part? that too. That's so, exactly right. Hang on. I gotta, um, so for TikTok purposes, we have to talk about Callie Thorne for just a moment. Okay. Um, so Callie, I'm just leaving this up. <laughs> Callie, uh, <laughs> Please first do. time I saw Callie <laughs> Thorne was on The Wire. I okay. know you've gotten past the like, I think you're in like season three, aren't you, of The Wire? Well, I'm, in season, I'm in season four. I cannot oh, remember where she was, though. Okay, so do you remember, and I can't remember which season. might have been the first season. might have been a little bit later. But they're like halfway into reconciling, and they're like banging on the chair. Oh, wow. Do you, so, do, do you not remember this? Like her I and McNulty? Not, no, no. Is she, is she dating McNulty? Okay, so he's trying to reconcile with her. This might have been... This might have been season four. Ooh, I'm gonna have to look this up. Okay, I, yeah, because I, I do not remember. Make her. sure you're not wearing pants when you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say it's season four because I feel like he, um, I feel like after the whole thing with Stringer, and we'll talk more about this in a couple of months when we actually get to the wire um, on the road through Dave and Simon's great works, but. I feel like he uh, he had at the end of season three he decided to become a beat cop again. He he left he left the homicide unit, so okay. he's he's on the street, and I think while he's on the street, he's deciding that he you know he's good, he's cleaned up, he's not drinking anymore, and I think he wants to reconcile with his wife. And Callie's his ex, Callie's his wife. Yeah, you didn't know oh, that. I, mean, I do not remember. Go this, back and man. watch season one. I mean, she's kind of twatty, but why she's would I? Still why Callie would I Thorne. not remember this? Yeah, this like, that's why. That like, why, like, like oh. if you're if you're this far into the wire, how did you not know any of this? Right, man. I'm I, well. I, again, I'm going to go back through and watch. So I will be absolutely singing her praises once again when we do season one. <laughs> Wait, uh, did you rewatch the wire? Just the Cali Thorn scenes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I had to I had to brush up on that before I talked about it. Um, so anyway, so so like they end up having like sex on like a folding chair. Nice hot h-a-w-t uh, you know I- i'd show you my notes and that's written right in there h-a-w-t <laughs> i am hot. not lying sir i am not lying to you yeah Callie. so Callie thorne was in that and then she had a much bigger role in um rescue me she okay she, she was opposite dennis leary and then dennis leary and i think i feel like Callie thorne is dennis leary's like work wife because like okay. she ended up being a bunch in a bunch of different things um the next thing she was in 
was, I believe, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. All right. Where she plays the daughter's mom, if I remember correctly. Um, And then, you know, it'd be just easier if I looked up her IMDb. Uh, (laughs) I love how you're not having to for most of this. (laughs) (laughs) Is it weird that I have posters of her on the wall? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) <laughs> so she's in ncis new orleans which we're gonna have to now review um <laughs> she's in uh the mysteries it she's is. in the mysteries of laura which we're gonna now have to review okay um oh see. boy it's it's turned into a real passion project for me then <laughs> passion yeah. for yeah when we're Callie done with Thorne. david simon we're doing the, the we're, we're doing the uh extended the, works of Callie thorne <laughs> the, the extended yes <laughs> from one boob to the other the extended <laughs> works of Callie thorne that's the name nice <laughs> um anywho uh she was in da, 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 law and order special victims unit okay. um i've already mentioned i mean she's in like so she's got in a, eight probably episodes. got a bunch of bit parts here yeah recently. she's in like an episode here or there of just about everything yeah. she had a reoccurring role in prison break which we're gonna now have to review <laughs> remember what i said i was done with television <laughs> and then right. Callie Thorne came along and King stole my heart yes she is a beautiful woman I mean and, and I I like I said I had to confess to Mindy I was like I've had a, I've had a crush on her since we first saw her that you know this is 97 mm-hmm. I think when this season drops so I uh, you know anyway you know Laura Ballard detective Laura Ballard shows mm-hmm. up uh and she's not only putting a smile on my face but she's also closing cases apparently and mm-hmm. G is like, I've never, G smiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Giardello, when he smiles, it's unsettling. And when <laughs> you first come into this episode, like he is all smiles because there, mm-hmm. there's so much black on the board. All these. Yes. I remember that solved. scene. He's, yeah. he's so, he's so impressed with everything. The, so we're talking about Callie Thorne and her. And the one thing that starts early on, and, and then I think maybe you can tell me a little bit more as the season progresses, because I don't know. I just saw the one, one episode is how much Pendleton is already just done with her. Oh, yeah. like she, she hasn't even been there a day. And he's like, I don't trust you. And here's the thing, because we talked about Pendleton and the stroke and how he starts off season five. By the time it ends, he's more or less normal. Season six, it's like he never had the stroke at all. Right. He is just all like juking and jiving and carrying on. And I am a badass mofo. Oh, yeah. And like Callie Thorne's like, I have ideas on how to solve cases. And he's like, fuck your ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh episode by episode three so i this is the the first three episodes of this season center around james earl jones and his family mm-hmm. uh and there's yeah. a there's a uh, murder that happens so i at the end of that that's where at the end of that trilogy pimbleton and ballard kind of bury the hatchet because pimbleton starts mm-hmm. to realize that his instincts were wrong in this situation and they kind of make peace because Ballard mm-hmm. was kind of, Hey, you know, let's look at it this way. Look this, this person. And, and Pimbleton wouldn't have any of any of what she was suggesting. And it turns mm-hmm. out, you know, she was right. So yeah, they're, they're definitely at odds in the first three episodes, uh, but they start to get along towards, uh, towards the end of that first three. Okay. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so, okay. All right. Let's, let me talk about the, like I said, set up for season six, that first episode, the way that that rolls out. Basically, the, the whole rotation thing happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. We open it up and Bayless and Pimbleton have been like reassigned back to the homicide unit from uh, like robbery or something. I can't remember. Right. Yeah. Giardello, like I said, hot, happy man, new detectives in his unit. Uh, Paul Falzone sticking around. Detective Stu Gardy sticking around. And Laura, Detective Laura Ballard are sticking around. Uh, Ballard and Gardy are a lot of times what you see throughout the season paired up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those two are partners most of the time. You said that, that second one that he's the ju- he's Fallon from um, Judge Fallon from The Wire, right? Right. See, I don't remember the, the elder white fella. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. With the curly hair. Was, I don't recall File Zone being in uh, The Wire. So no, 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 no. no. Judge Fallon. Yeah. No, I'm saying Detective Falzone's, uh John Seda, the guy okay. who plays him, is not in The Wire, from what I understand. Yes, but yeah. Yeah. Stu Garrity, uh, which I think his name's. Oh boy. I want to say Peter Garrity. I, I I could be wrong. I don't have the actor's name in front of me, but it's funny how okay. his name is Stuart like Garrett. Okay, so yes, Stuart Garrity, played by Peter Garrity, yeah. and that and he and he's Judge Fallon on the Wire. Got it. Okay, all right. So yeah, they those two Ballard and Garrity are paired up, and it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because. Guardy kind of likes her, you know, a little bit, mm-hmm. but he knows he doesn't have a chance because he's just an old fat slob Irish guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a hundred. <laughs> so he kind of he kind of takes like a fatherly role. Right. Um, and, uh, I, you know, what I'll do here real quick. I mean, it, 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 I've got the main plot threads here. Uh, the the I'll talk about like Falzone's big arc really mm-hmm. is just uh, him dealing with the custody of his boy. Okay. So. He's got a he's got a young son uh, who his wife has full custody of his son, and he's wanting to try and get that custody back. So we follow a lot of the season uh, is him trying to deal with that. Um, there are by episode 19, Detective Falzone and Laura Ballard, who was pretty interested, I think. in oh, my goodness, I want to say Bayless Bayless. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Ballard and Falzone start kind of having sparks. So there's going to be possibly a relationship there. Uh, you start to kind of see that as the season comes to an end. Detective Stu Garrity, I already talked about most of what's going on with him. Like I said, he's he's just kind of trying to find his way. He does. He is a war veteran, which I think gets more explored in season seven. But uh, he's he's definitely got some history. It's interesting to see him on the homicide unit. He's uh, He's been known as like, I think when we first see him in the last episodes of season five, they were talking about how he was kind of a coward mm-hmm. and that gets explored a little bit. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're, okay. So detective Laura Ballard real quick on her. She's from Seattle. H a W T already said that single looking for love. Um, she's cautious. And there's a couple episodes that, you know, she's, <laughs> I remember the first time I ever heard of this. You ever heard of the term Saturday Night Hun? Sure. Okay, I've never heard of that. And there was an episode completely all about Saturday Night Huns and, of course, uh, women who are going out on the town and the preconception. (laughs) Women of the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So, you know, she's she takes more of a, um, oh, my goodness, a, a very 
kind of feminist forward role. You know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things where she's she's kind of on her own. She, you're the story writing around her is showing you what it's like to be a single woman in a big town like this and on a homicide unit. Uh, and that actually gets uh, ex- expanded more with a couple other characters as we get into season seven. But anyway, uh, there is a one episode that stood out to me where she gets herself tested for AIDS. And if you remember, you know, back then that was a, that was a big mm-hmm. deal in the nineties, dude. Yeah. Um, sure. very big deal. So, uh, the departure of medical examiner, Juliana Cox. Yeah. She's hot too. Yes. Um, she is. is my contribution <laughs> to this podcast. And <laughs> I was sad that she was off the cast. Not me. Let me let, let me not be completely chauvinistic. Sure. Try not your best. Completely. I'm going Try to your best. Level best. <laughs> um no, she's she, she's the, the actress who played that character very, you know, I think she did a great job in mm-hmm. season 5. Right. And I liked her sexual chemistry with what's his nuts. Um the the uh, Kellerman. Kellerman, yeah. Yeah. Um I thought they had good on-screen chemistry. I thought she played the role very well, and she, yeah, she's in a she's a very attractive woman, as women tend to be in you know television. Right. So um, she was a great addition to the cast, and I always enjoyed her scenes. So when she's not in this season, I was really bummed. Yeah. By the way, what yeah. happened to what's what's the other one, Melissa Leo? Well, <laughs> I, I will tell. Back? So she no, she's gone. You won't see her in season seven. You will, however, see her in Homicide the movie. Gotcha. Uh, so. Yeah, she's she's gone, and from what I understand, she's re- she's just basically reassigned. So okay. she's working in a different department. Gotcha. Um, so the reason why Juliana has to leave, and I'll talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff that went on with her in the season when we talk about Bayless, mm-hmm. but um, she ends up getting into a disagreement with her boss. So the state wants the there. There's this drunk driver that ended up killing somebody and the state Mm -hmm. comes in and says hey why don't you i noticed that the like the alcohol level on this guy was just like 0.1 below why don't you retest it maybe it needs to go up because if it's a drunk if he gets classified as being intoxicated like the state won't be liable so she Mm -hmm. runs the test like two or three times comes up the same but her boss is pushing her like hey you need to change this and she decides not to and promptly gets fired and that's it She's gone. Okay. Um, that happens in season or the episode uh, fourteen. Episode fourteen. Hey, I want to jump in just real quick. So um, he was a, David Simon was a story editor on season five, season six, and season seven. He's actually just listed as producer. Okay. All right. All right. So he's involved. He's. Yep. Okay. That's so. All right. Oh, he also uh, looks like he wrote or had a writing credit for Blood Ties Part Two and Part Three. Full Court Press and Finnegan's Wake. All right. Okay. Uh, I think I remember a few of those episodes. Yeah. I'd have to look at that. They didn't follow my top three, though, but okay. we'll, we'll find out. Uh, okay. So I, I, let's let's just go quickly into Bayless real, real quick. Yeah. This is another, you know, so Bayless, again, trying to find himself. Uh, it's funny. I don't have a whole lot of Pimbleton throughout this whole <laughs> this season. Like, I mean, he's been the showcase or at least one of the big talking pieces mm-hmm. of all season up to season five. But season six, you know, it, other than what happens at the end, there isn't really a whole lot to talk about right. with him. Uh, there are some racial issues between him and Guardy that kind of come up. But Bayless is usually the focal point of all of these seasons. Mm-hmm. Um so him and Juliana Cox begin a relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's there's that that happens in episode eight, and then in episode nine they break up. Okay, so they broke up, uh, and there's a there's a conversation between him and Pimbleton. I might have mentioned this on the last podcast where Bela uh, Pimbleton says, you know, at one point you were uh, you were pretty homophobic. And they're doing some kind of investigation into some, uh, like a, uh, some type of gay bar or something like that. And they bring this guy in who's like talking to Bayless. He's like, I want you to tell me how nice my ass is. <laughs> tell me tell me you love my ass. And Bayless is kind of sitting there. And Pimbleton's starting, the like, ne- <laughs> starting the next podcast that way. <laughs> Pimbleton's just sitting there, right? And he's like, he's waiting for Bayless to like get up and punch this guy in the face. Doesn't happen. And because that's the way he thought Bayless was. Well, Bayless looks at the guy and says, I like your ass. (laughs) So and so Pimbleton's kind of surprised. But anyway, what we start to learn is that, again, Bayless is exploring himself sexually as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But by episode 10, words getting around like Baltimore, (laughs) Uh, uh, we'll just say, (laughs) uh, you know, they're homicide. People on the police force are talking about Bayless being a homosexual. Uh, it's getting back to people in the homicide unit. Gardy makes some comments to Pimbleton about it. Pimbleton sticks up for his partner, partner but he's mm-hmm. he's definitely having a time to trying to deal with what's going on and all this stuff that's kind of all these rumors that are swirling around. And by episode 19, uh, Detective Ballard and uh, Bayless sit down for like a dinner and he just says, yeah, I'm bisexual. I, or at okay. least he's hinting towards it. So it's interesting. It, it, I mean, this is the year in our, of our Lord was 1997-1998. And right. it's not like we didn't see elements of the LGBTQ plus community represented in television in the late 90s, but it wasn't a lot. No. And and I don't even... And honestly, I, I think Hollywood was not even comfortable with the concept of bi. Like, right. you were either right, full dude. gay or full not gay. Right. Right. Very much. So that's and interesting. Yeah, they start this... I mean, by episode 19, which is the latter part of this season that mm-hmm. element is definitely sticking through with the Bayless character in the season seven mm-hmm. and gets explored even more. So yeah, it's very interesting. It's a, it's a very daring way to take this character, uh, but it's a smart way to do it too. They do a really good job of uh, number one, addressing it and how it affects him on his job, which mm-hmm. it does a lot. Uh, so, okay. All right. Let's get to the, let's get to the meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. And that is Mahoney still haunting Kellerman, mm-hmm. Stivers, Lewis, and Falzone shows up and he is like deciding to just start digging into this. And that mm-hmm. happens throughout the whole season, dude. Okay. Like Falzone is like, hey, what happened? Hey, what happened? You're like, dude, back off. What is the deal? It's <laughs> one of your detectives. But Falzone keeps trying to get in about this Luther Mahoney shooting. Right. But then also we have Georgia Ray. Uh, which is Luther's sister, I believe. Mm. She shows up. She annoys the hell out of me. This whole thing continues with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, the Georgia Ray basically blackmailing Kellerman saying, hey, I've got a videotape. My my brother had videos all over the apartment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had video cameras all over the apartment and we've got you on tape shooting my brother. Um, So. Yeah, I mean, I got it here. Episode seven, Falzone's really pressing Kellerman about what's going on and what happened during the shooting to where they drew they're in the halls. Like, you know how during the episode they walk up kind of like this ramp to the, Mm -hmm. to the office. 
they yeah. are in the hall. They are in that hallway, and Falzone and Kellerman are going at it to where they draw their guns on each other, right there in the middle of the hallway. And then, mm-hmm. like a couple policemen start walking by, and they put their guns away, and they're just kind of, you know, trying to shake it <laughs> off. And you know, uh, but yeah, they, yeah, they are really going at it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so the Kellerman versus Stivers and Lewis versus Falzone thing that that permeates throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia Ray Mahoney this is the big stuff this is what happened you know this is what leads to this three well two-part finale that you watched before you got on here but georgia ray Mm -hmm. puts i I don't know if you saw in the beginning but there's uh, i think it's lewis and falzone are going down the road and all of a sudden somebody like uh, oh there's like shootings going on people are trying to take out kellerman and uh lewis Mm -hmm. and also stivers so it turns out it's Georgia Ray Mahoney putting Junior Bunk uh, up to doing this. Makai Pfeiffer's character. Right. And so he's the one going around. He's, sh- he's sh- trying to take him out. They end up arresting him. And he's like this real wimpy kind of, you, know, my, my, you know, my mom put me up to it or whatever. My aunt put me up to it. So he's like this real wimp at the beginning of season six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole tape thing, by the way, that Georgia Ray Mahoney said that she had didn't exist she was mm-hmm. just using it to get to be to make kellerman obviously worried about what was going on but you got to think about this now kellerman as an i again i really remember disliking this character i hated watching this big soap opera that was going on with this guy but kellerman's whole arc last season was like i'm a good cop nobody could tell me different i'm going to go he goes on the stand at one mm-hmm. point and he's about ready to blow the lid He's going to blow the lid off these uh, off these people that were accusing him or right. were on the take. Right. He was going to he was going to take the arson unit down and everyone that got in his way. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm a good cop. I'm a good cop. And then Georgia Ray basically makes him a dirty cop. And pretty much. I mean, I don't recall him doing anything bad, but she's got him so under his her thumb mm-hmm. that she's possibly going to be calling in favors and he's considering it. But on during that whole time, he's trying to figure out a way to get out from under it. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia has a confrontation with Meldrick Lewis at one point. Uh, he she kicks Meldrick Lewis square in the nuts, and he gets up and punches her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I remember that <laughs> he gets suspended. Mm. So he gets suspended. Uh, episode twelve and thirteen. Uh, I got. My notes are Lewis is taking the uh, the offense to Georgia Ray. He's on suspension, mm-hmm. but he's getting like all these files. And what you, I had this real Punisher vibe. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't like that. But Lewis is kind of like doing this vigilante stuff where he is turning a bunch of Georgia Ray Mahoney's people on each other. Okay. Uh, and there's about to be a drug war, and all of a sudden, all these lieutenants under Georgia Ray Mahoney start dying, and you're like, oh, Lewis might have a uh, might have a situation here where he's involved. And he's also not talking to Kellerman, which is driving mm-hmm. Kellerman nuts. Sure. Kellerman wants, you know, he wants to talk to his old partner. And anytime he sees him, you know, oh, there he is over at the bar. He gets up and he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. And he ain't taking it well. So he's drinking. Kellerman's drinking. At one point, he's drinking so much. He comes stumbling out of the bar. He throws his, they won't let him drive. So he takes his keys and throws them in the river. He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. An idiot. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> then Georgia Ray Mahoney says she's going to sue Kellerman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a civil suit that's going to happen. 
Kellerman starts to realize that the judge may actually be bought by George Ramahoney, so he thinks he has no chance, so he decides to go and get some dirt on the judge. And that all turns around uh, to where the, he finds out the FBI is already investigating the judge. So the judge decides to throw the suit out. So he's lucky there. He, he gets away. He, you know, he's not going to have to worry about anything there in regards mm-hmm. to that. Then that's probably where you come in. Um, the uh, I'm trying to look see, through my notes here just to see if there's anything else. Oh, yeah. Lewis gets unsuspended. So that's why mm-hmm. in episode 22, uh, Lewis is back on the force. Mackay Pfeiffer's character, Junior Bunk, has been arrested because he killed the freaking judge that yeah, the stabbed him. Stabbed him dead. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop right here because we're getting into the, the two episodes that you had seen. Right. Uh, what were your thoughts? So I really like the interrogation scene with Mackay Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. My only problem is that, you know, for a show that depicts realism the way that it does, there's no way he's not chained to that desk. There's no right, way that dude. desk is flippable. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of drama in that scene. It was right. weird because I was like, "Why isn't he cuffed? Why isn't he? Why isn't he bound? Why is that table free, free from the ground?" Did he just kill a judge? Should we yeah. maybe put some you're, restraints on this? You're man? a murder suspect. <laughs> so I, I'm just like thinking about the actual jail that I work in. We'll not say the name on air, but I, I do work in correctional mental health, and like if you're not, if you're not, if you're if you're if you're behaving. You, you know, generally speaking, after you once you've been brought in from the outside, you are not cuffed. Mm-hmm. You were able to roam about central booking. You were able to roam about your dormitory unless you're, you know, on, locked behind the door. They typically do not have to cuff and bind you unless you're a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you're a murder suspect <laughs> under <laughs> just, questioning, just possibly killed a judge. There's no possible way you're not cuffed behind your back. Right. And. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that's the thing. It's like I, it, the writing of, of the two episodes, there's no way he grabs a gun and shoots the entire precinct. None. Would you, okay, unrestrained murder suspect, let's just say that happens. Okay? It doesn't, but go on. Let, let's just say that happened at one point sure. in, your, in your office. Mm-hmm. Would you get up and start flicking potato chips in the murder suspect's face? If, if I remember That's correctly, not considered appropriate <laughs> professional behavior. I wouldn't be poking the bear. Now, I think a lot of it hinges upon the fact. Now, think about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was a lot of... <sighs> Granted, he definitely potentially killed somebody, but there yes. was a lot of there was a lot of setup. I think Junior Bunk had uh, a situation where he was in three different episodes, and mm-hmm. he was portrayed as no threat. 
right. he may have done something, but they were he was such a, a baby about it. They were like, oh man, come on, well, you know this guy. And that's the thing is they think anything. they can break him because of it. They right. think like, oh, if we lean on him, he won't want to do the years, so he'll tell us something. And he's like, it, you know what it reminded me of? Um, it kind of reminded me of oh gosh, what is Naaman's dad's name? Weebay. Oh. You know where. We're at the end of season one. They're just pinning we uh, murders on Weebay, and Weebay's willing to take them <laughs> yeah. just to avoid the death penalty and get an extra sandwich and chips, <laughs> which is my favorite part of season one. Oh, He's like, man. but another tater salad is so. <laughs> another tater salad and soda. I'll go a few more. Uh, and they're like, this motherfucker's just taking murders just to take them. Right, right, right. Because what does he care? He's got. That's the thing, and. And I and I bring that I bring up Weebay and I bring up Mackay Pfeiffer kind of doing the same thing because Mackay Pfeiffer is like like his whole demeanor changes and he's like I'll just take the years I don't care give me the death penalty I do not care there's nothing you can do to me mm-hmm. it was very reminiscent if you want a different way of looking at it, it was reminiscent of Heath Ledger's Joker okay. where Batman is just beating him senseless and, and the Joker's like I it doesn't matter right I've already won. There's nothing you can do to stop. There's not. You can't bribe me. You can't reason with me. There's nothing you can do to stop me. And even if you kill me, I win. Right. And and like Christian Bale's Batman is utter, utterly unraveled by this. When you have that level of sociopathy, when you have that level of antisocial personality disorder, to where you no longer respond to consequential thinking. There is no such thing as a consequence. There's nothing that can be done to you that will change your behavior. Those are the most dangerous people on earth. Right. It really you might wanna, are. You might want to handcuff them. You might. You might want to. <laughs> you might want to use binder chains. Okay. <laughs> binder chains. Cuff, cuff, you know, behind the back mm-hmm. to the feet. Right, dude. Um. Yeah. There's. So like. David Simon, I think, is able to along with the, the people who wrote this, you usually are able to find that level between fantasy and reality and give you a fulfilling project. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where I felt like it leaned too far away from the realism to where, like, we just need a big finale here. There's no way, no way he grabs a gun. And I, and, and I watched it twice, and they were like, and I'm like, wait, did he just grab a gun? <laughs> no one would have had a gun anywhere near him. Nobody. Right, right. So yeah. he ends up, yeah. uh, so it's like putting... the, it was, a, it was writing for convenience than it was mm-hmm. any kind of realism. Right. Um, real quick before I forget, uh, you, you know, I don't know if you caught it or not, but I, I made sure to send you a text way back when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Episode 22 is Bayless and Pimbleton driving down the road and Bayless talking about, yeah, I'm, re- you know, what book are you reading there? Oh, I'm reading the corner. Uh, he had the corner, the book, mm-hmm. the corner in right. his hand. And they're like, I think Pimbleton's like, I wonder if someday they'll make a uh, maybe a show based on us in this unit. And I was like, oh, I, that's a <laughs> good one. You're so meta. I love it. Loved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to the back to the plot of what's going on. So yeah, Junior Bunk pl- put some holes. I think Ballard yeah. gets shot. Gardy gets shot. Yeah. Um, and then I can't. I, I swear there was a third person. That Dear gets old shot. Callie Thorne, my uh, heart. <laughs> right that um, was the I worst know... thing of all yeah not not since Minnie, not since matt damon walked down on mini driver in um <laughs> <laughs> oh uh goodwill hunting goodwill hunting yeah. have i been heartbroken for a character yes oh my goodness Did I ever tell you about that my friend and i going to see goodwill hunting in the theater 
and we watched the scene where Matt Damon's like, I don't love you. And he walks out on Minnie Driver. And both me and my friend stood up. And we're like, we love you, Minnie. Like, oh, you hear us. Yes. like you're at a Spider-Man movie or something. <laughs> uh, we just watched me and uh, the family just watched Gross Point Blank. Minnie Driver's. I would oh, I would have really? never watched. You've never that. seen yeah. it before? No, oh, I, Gross I've, Point Blank no actually great. I did. Yeah, I, I think I, I may have caught part of it at one point but i've never watched the whole thing until mm -hmm. about a week ago so yeah mini driver um yeah <laughs> um, anyway. um i i feel like this is the last comment that i'll make and i'll let you move the subject matter because we only got 20 minutes left um okay. i really do feel like they got away from the gritty realism of the show with the final two episodes and it just became about drama and you know, if you watch, there are certain shows that lean so heavily on drama that that's what you come to expect, and you know you're watching a fiction, but fiction is entertaining. With Homicide and The Wire and some of these other shows, you know, like The Shield may have been based on the Jump Out Unit or whatever it was called in Los Angeles, but The Shield was clearly a fiction, right? Um, and it was an entertaining fiction. We all liked it because it was that Breaking Bad was a fiction. We all liked it that, you know, but we, we the, the, nobody was like, this is so like real life. No, it isn't. There were themes that were relatable and there were certainly uh, scenes, themes, actions that take place in Breaking Bad that people can relate to. But it is not gritty realism. Right, right. The yeah, homicide I'll show is gritty realism. And when it strays away from that, it stops being a homicide. And now it's just dramatic detective show, which I did not love. Oh, well, I mean, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Uh, we, we, you got to think we're, mm -hmm. we're on NBC. You know, we've got to try and get those it, can't, it, can only, it can only be so gritty and so real. Mm -hmm. You know, it can like, only be like that. the original script. Mackay Pfeiffer just goes away for life. You know, and he's <laughs> laughing at them. And Pendleton's like shaking his fist. You're like, oh, I could have been a contender. You know, right. and NBC's like, we, this is sweet, sweet. We can't end it this way. What if he just shoots everybody? <laughs> Everybody, right, everybody, we gotta, we gotta hook some people. We gotta hook yeah. people. We gotta make this finale something else, right? And that's so, not even the season finale. There's still one more no, episode to go. That's the, yeah, that's right. I mean, we we end that episode where G is like, okay, Georgia Ray, done. She, we are taking mm -hmm. everybody out. We're gonna go find them. We're gonna get everybody. We're shaking down doors. This will not stand. Um, right. so then yeah, we get into the final episode, and that's where. You know, this is where it gets interesting because the whole Luther Mahoney shooting finally comes to a head and we get a resolution to that. Mm -hmm. um, so they're they're knocking down doors or taking down the people and they find out Georgia Ray Mahoney's been shot dead by our own people. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one thing that, you know, as as they're investigating that. I think Pimbleton has some dude in the back that's about ready. You know, he's got his gun on him mm -hmm. and he draws his gun, shoots and Pimbleton hesitates. But uh, Bayless steps in front of the bullet, takes a bullet in the back. Okay. Now, prior to all that going down, you know, G has been told by Stivers, like, look, the Luther Mahoney shooting did not go down like it's set, like, like, uh, like it's reported. I don't think she lays it all out there, but she basically tells him, Hey, there's something that's kind of hinky with all that. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know. And G is like, Okay, we're going to clean up the Georgia Ray Mahoney mess. Uh, we're also going to clean up our own house. And while Bayless is laying in the hospital bed, he tells, tells Pimbleton, 
you need to talk to Lewis and you need to talk to Kellerman and anybody else. You need to figure out what happened. And right. wow. Now there's, I'll, I'll, okay. I don't know. You want to talk about drama. There was some drama when Kellerman goes into the box with Pimbleton. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I was like, what is going to happen? So if Pimbleton, you know, Pimbleton, Pimbleton in the box is one of my, it's like the number one thing uh, yeah. off this show for me. It's when Pimbleton such, a, gets somebody it's in such the box. fun drama because there's an arc to interrogation. Everyone, when, when you say interrogation, I think a lot of people think of Abu Grabass. Um, they think, you know, they think waterboarding and torture right. and right. they, you didn't laugh my Abu Grabass. I I'm trying to put it together. I don't know what the hell Abu Grabass is. You don't know Abu Grabass? like somebody's grabbing an ass. That's about all Correct. I from that. Okay. okay. Do me a favor. While I ramble, look up Abu Grab. Uh, Abu, okay. Now, A-B-U. I, G, yeah. Look up the Abu Grab. Um, uh, oh gosh. What's good? Not conspiracy. The Abu Ghraib when there's a, a big problem in the world. Damn it. Um, crisis? What am I? It wasn't a crisis. Um, it's a common enough word. And because I'm tired and been drinking, I can't think of it. <laughs> scandal? <laughs> yeah, scandal. That's the okay, one. All right. The Abu Ghraib, you, Abu Ghraib scandal. Okay. okay. So all anyway, right. so when people think of interrogation, they think of Abu Ghraib ass. Oh, and they, they they think of, <laughs> they, yeah. are you seeing it now, buddy? Oh boy! Yeah, have you gotten to the girl with the thumbs up sign yet? This I recall. I remember yeah. this. Yeah. So Abu Grab, uh, colloquially known as Abu Grabas. Um, yeah, she's was, got she's got the dude on the leash. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Controversy. That's the word I was looking for. Actually, okay. the Abu Grabas controversy. So, um, just real quick with that, that was where a bunch of soldiers were accused of, like, basically, like humiliating and torturing iraqi war prisoners um it was a it was a big scandal and a lot and people i think rightly got punished for it um and it, you know and it does and it does lead to a conversation about you know when does when does professional interrogation inter interrogation end and dehumanizing and torture begin where's the line um which is not what we're here to discuss but what i was getting to is when you think about all of the negative things that come from people's interpretation of interrogation, there is an art to it, is the point. There is a professional art and technique to proper interrogation. And you look at Pembleton and you think he's just yelling at people. He's just jive talking, yelling and pointing. And, you know, it's all very dramatic. But it's they go in with a with a with a set of knowledge and then they have a rhythm and a questioning that goes on to get the person to say the things that they need to say. Right. And it's pretty brilliant to watch. If it's in any way, shape, or form, a depiction of even the slightest real life, it's cool as shit to watch. Yeah. 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 I... By the way, Wikipedia, they ain't holding back on them pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you want to share your screen? Um... No, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, we would get demoted to Mark and <laughs> everything else. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get a community strike for it. <laughs> be bad. Uh, so, yeah, you know, watching Kellerman. You know, basically... Now we know what Jesse's doing when we're done here. <laughs> I do not want to go down that doom scroll at all. Like, that is some bad stuff. Why were you recording so late with Mark? Or we stopped at 11. Why are you up here at 1? I was looking at grab ass pictures. Yeah, 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 all night long. Um, but I want to don't look at my background on my cell phone, man. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Kellerman in the box. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, that was just, you know, like I said, you knew Kellerman had basically held his mental stability together with mm-hmm. bubble gum and staples and right. it, it finally coming out. He finally admits to the fact that, and what's good, what's great about it is Lewis doesn't give him up. Lewis doesn't give him up at any point, um, mm. but Kellerman finally admits to it. And I think Lewis ends up going back in there after Pimbleton finally gets the confession out of him mm-hmm. uh, as th- that he shot Luther Mahoney. Um, and Kellerman's like, just do me a favor. Leave me your gun. Right. And Oh, um, my God, that. Okay. I understand it was done for dramatic purposes, but I suppose maybe a cop thinks you're dumb enough to do that. Right. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, we just had a shooting in here, like, like legitimately six hours ago. Uh, you know, are we yeah. going to give this guy well, a gun? Who's well, here's the thing. There's working in correctional mental health. I can tell you there is, they're very touchy feely about uh, possible suicide in law enforcement. Okay. If we, if, 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 if a law enforcement individual is ever brought in for any kind of charges ranging from DUI to like pedophilia, they're, they almost immediately go on suicide watch mm. because the, the likelihood of them harming themselves in the first 24 to 48 hours of incarceration is super high. Right. So again, it's just like, Hey, why don't you leave me your, why don't you leave me your gun and, you know, and give me a few minutes to myself. It's like nobody on earth. First of all, Ain't what a dereliction happen. of duty that you would basically be committing manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, again, it just goes to show you how messed mm-hmm. up Kellerman is in the head. Right. Like he thinks that somebody's going to do that. Like, you're my friend. Leave me your gun. And that way I can. He wants to make it yeah. wants to make it all go away by doing that way. It I that can way. shoot myself in the fucking face. Yeah, you know, it's Lewis, like, yeah, no, no, no. Lewis is not going to go for that. So, you know, no one um, is no, no cop one. in their right mind. To be like, here's my sidearm that I'm not supposed to give away. Have <laughs> at it, brother. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Why don't you kill yourself? Like, yeah. I, like, I would absolutely no idea kill what his intentions were. Like, I would absolutely it. kill myself if I were you. Here's my uh, gun. <laughs> Do us all a favor. <laughs> what happening. an idiot. Um, all right. So, so the second, so we got to wrap, wrap shortly. So really, sure. really quick, get to the big, cause we get another shooting, don't we? We get, we, you know, this, the, the, the season finale, the 23rd episode, there's another shooting. And I think it's at, at, at the end of this, that Pendleton's like, I give up. Well, I give, okay, yeah, go ahead. It, you're right. So Pimbleton gets shot at and Bayless ends up mm-hmm. going in the hospital. So right. that during the whole time he's in the hospital, he's, freaking out about Bayless. He's obviously mm-hmm. worried about him. And that's when G says, go interrogate Kellerman, go right. and go figure out what's going on. But I don't think we have a shooting after that other than, you know, Kel- uh, Pimbleton comes back uh, to the mm-hmm. hospital and that's where we get the long speech about, I'm tired of living this lie. I, I don't right. want to do this anymore. And the other thing that's interesting is that Frank, there's been a lot of discussion, especially in season five about uh, Frank losing his faith in God. Mm-hmm. And here's another test that Keller or that well Kellerman definitely puts <laughs> Pimbleton to the test here uh, with what's going on. But you know Bayless being in the hospital, Pimbleton looks at, at at that as a test, and he finally turns towards God. I think towards at the end of the season, and that's when he makes the decision to quit his job. So mm-hmm. he hands in his badge to Gene. He's like, "I'm done. 
I can't live this lie anymore. And he, I mean, I don't even know if they tell him Bayless is going to be okay. I can't remember if they even say that, but he, I mean, Pendleton's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And uh, G of course is, you know, he's distraught. He's losing one of his best detectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the last time we see Frank Pendleton in homicide, at least during these seasons. Wow. Okay. So Andre Brow is gone after this. Yep. That's it. All right. Well, what I, I, it's unfair of me to give an assessment of season six. Um, it's, I was thinking about this and this is the only thing I want to say, and then I'll give it to you to close us out. Okay. Um, see homicide, I think is a really great drama and I, and I do enjoy watching the episodes. Um, I feel like this is not the world's best bingeable show. It's a lot of repetition. The the story threads from episode to episode are okay, but because they're doing it like I if you if you if you were to binge watch this, 10 episodes maybe to get you from soup to nuts. 23 I understand this was made in a non-binging era. Um I understand that people watch this weekly with probably a break in between for a few weeks. It is not easy to get through multiple episodes in a single sitting, at least for me. I think the I think the story structure, like I don't think I could do Law and Order either for that reason. It's one of those where I watch an episode or two and I got to take a break. Um, the through threads are not, I feel like, compelling enough to keep you buying in episode after episode after episode the way the way modern binging structured television currently works so homicide's a great show i just it's it's better digested in small bits than it is in bunches and i'll give you the final word okay all right well uh i'll disagree (laughs) i'm watching it does he know i watched all the episodes at once (laughs) i i you know hey i was able to get through these pretty easily uh, me and the wife were able to sit down. We watched these shows over and we, we, like I said, we would easily put in three or four, maybe sometimes five at a time. I mean, that's how much of a life we don't have. Uh, but we did it. We done did it. We got these episodes watched, uh, real quick. I want to kind of run down my favorite episodes. Uh, only got three. So it's not like it's going to be a long time here, but, uh, let me share my screen here as soon as I figure it out. Uh, Mark, tell me how I share my screen. Okay, give me a second. Um, so I think I can. Right. Oh, I see it. I see it right down here. Okay. It's a little shared. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we got to okay. go to share screen, and then we are going to bring this up right here. Let me know when you can see that, and I don't know. You're good. There we got go. It. All right. So yeah, right here is uh, Subway, and as you can see, it's uh, Frank Pimbleton, Dondre Brower. Mm-hmm. And Vincent D'Onofrio's character, who ends right. up running afoul of, he gets pushed uh, into a subway, uh, basically in the front of a subway train, but he doesn't get hit head on, obviously. He is caught between these cars. And mm-hmm. let me find my notes here real quick, because I know that I wanted to talk about uh, what actually happens in the, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. I'll do this off the top of my head because <laughs> I don't want to end up screwing things up. But uh, pretty much what the powerful performances between the two mm-hmm. as this man, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's character is like he's got like a five percent chance of living. Mm-hmm. He is possibly going to die. And Brower 
who is he's one of the least social guys uh, amongst the homicide unit, but he has to stand by this guy who's not a good guy at all. Like this guy's Donofrio's character is a jerk throughout most of this. And he's, you know, he's really upset, but uh, at the end of the episode, they inflate these bags. They take the cars off of them and they pull this guy out. And then like within probably 15 seconds, like, all right, train's back on. And it, life just goes on as this guy is being carted away and mm-hmm. possibly dead in the back of the ambulance. And, on, uh, you know, Pendleton's just kind of standing there in awe as to like all this stuff that's happened. Uh, these few hours that he spent with this guy and it's just like nothing nothing changed everything mm-hmm. just kept going on uh so another kind of you know another kind of step uh for pimbleton's character to get towards uh i don't know he definitely has some uh talks about faith uh with this guy and it's mm-hmm. it's, an inter- it's an interesting interesting episode for sure uh d'onofrio's character knocked it out of the park it just great chemistry between the two okay. uh the next one <laughs> Okay, you did not get to see this episode. Uh, guest stars. This is Steve Allen, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. uh, and I cannot remember the other the other lady's name. But okay, all right. Let me pick, let me tell you what the uh, dang on it. All right, hold on a second. Let me pull up my notes because I have to tell you what the name of this episode is. There we go. All right, bear with me. All right. By the way, if you go to the shared function at the bottom of StreamYard, there's right. a, there if you there's a thing for adding slides for the next time we do this. Ah, okay, all right, there we go. We're learning things. All right, so this is episode eleven, uh, a Shaggy Dog City Goat. Okay, Julianne is telling stories to her medical examiner friends. I love this story setup. She's sitting around. There's kind of like this convention, and she's telling them like these crazy stories. And mm-hmm. there's a story about how. They're trying to figure out if this one guy was either a suicide or a homicide. Listen mm-hmm. to this. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. So dude jumps off of a building. Mm-hmm. All right. In the course of going down to the ground, he is shot by a shotgun blast through a window. Okay. Mm-hmm. And ends up when he hits the ground, he's dead. Mm-hmm. But they see that he's been shot. So the whole premise is Munch and Kellerman trying to figure out who did it. All right. Well, here's where Steve Allen's uh, character and his wife, I cannot remember her name, show up. So this husband and wife have been arguing. And one of the things that the, the husband is this abusive jerk who likes to bring out a shotgun anytime <laughs> she burns a fucking meatloaf. Oh my god! Does like legitimately burns a meatloaf? Like yeah, she will. Like okay, so they go in there and he's like, yeah, I threaten her with the shotgun and she's like oh thank goodness the cops are here oh my goodness and uh she tells him he does this all the time and they're like well (laughs) why did you do this why did you pull the shotgun out and he's like well she burnt the pot roast yesterday and every (laughs) i guess every time she screws up a meal he brings out this gun and threatens the shooter but it's always empty Mm -hmm. okay so he would go and this is i grabbed this photo he would pull the trigger, it would go click, and then he'd go ah, <laughs> and laugh maniacally. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious. Well, what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that we learned the husband never loaded the gun, like I said, but right. for some reason it was loaded, and the person that loaded it was their son. 
Okay. Their son was upset because of something and decided, mm-hmm. you know what? I know what my parents do. My dad's crazy. He loads the gun, hoping that he will shoot his own mom, right. and shoot his wife. All right. Here's the kicker. There was something that upset this kid. Mm-hmm. He go, the boy goes up on top of the building and that's the guy that jumped off of the building. The guy, the father shot his own son accidentally through the window oh, and, God. and, and Juliana Cox, medical examiner, Juliana Cox ran the numbers and this guy would have lived by hitting some awnings on the way down. <laughs> so he would have lived. So it is a, it is a homicide and they have to bring the parents in there and show, you know, get an identification. They have. And what's funny is the parents have no idea. Like the mm-hmm. whole episode, they have no idea. They just killed their own son. And of course it, we go through some detective work and it, it's just, it's probably it's up there as one of my favorites for sure. And then mm-hmm. I think my third and final uh, episode that I really liked uh, involved, uh, it was called Pitbull Sessions. This is episode 15. It involved mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti. Right. Uh, so I don't know if you saw this episode or not. Uh, this was basically a man's found dead and he was mauled by some dogs. Uh, turns out it was. Are you a- sure it wasn't a cocaine bear? <laughs> Pretty sure. Okay, just want to sure it was no coke bear. Um, <laughs> So they find out this this man has been mauled by his dogs, and, mm-hmm. and the dogs end up being his grandsons. And okay. Paul Giamatti plays the grandson. Uh, these aggressive dogs were used for dog fighting, mm-hmm. and th- so they bring Giamatti in, uh, Giamatti's character, into the box, and they start grilling him. And it's evident that you know Paul Giamatti's character never meant for his dad to die or for his grandfather, mm-hmm. grandfather to die. Never meant for that to happen. Um, so during the, during the interrogation though, he start he's showing like little emotion. He's not showing any type of emotion and it's baffling the detectives. Cause you know, how, why is he like so unbothered by the fact that his grandfather's dead and it's obviously going to affect the rest of his family. Uh, they can't believe that, you know, he's, he's just not bothered by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well then they start to bring up the fact that they're going to kill his dogs. They're going to euthanize mm-hmm. his dogs. And all of a sudden he becomes very distraught. And I grabbed a picture here of his face. Like he, you can't kill my dogs. No, I love my dogs. I love them. I, you know, he's really, really upset. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, by the end of it, even though it wasn't his intention by the end of the episode, obviously they're going to kill the dogs. And that's the one thing that breaks this guy. Like they mm-hmm. go through all this manipulation or, you know, they're, they're interrogating him, trying to get him to understand, look, this is what you did. You kill, you know, your actions led to the death of your own grandfather, mm-hmm. nothing. And then as soon as they mention the dogs, it's like, he just starts to break. He starts to break. Well, okay. there's a great conversation at the end. I can't remember if it's between, uh, Falzone and Pendleton or, or who exactly it's between. Uh, but it's, it's a conversation about like, one of them asks the other, like, are you, you know, how do you think your kid's going to grow up? Do you think they're mm-hmm. going to grow up smart? Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to grow up simple? And because Paul Giamatti's character, they looked at as just kind of stupid and kind of right. dumb and very simple minded. Um, and by the end of the conversation, what they just, dis- what they determine is that simple wins. simple b- being blissfully ignorant and simple wins the day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, as a great episode, Paul Giamatti's acting is out of the park another one of the great guest stars to show up i mean i i run down through the guest stars here we i talked about steve allen showing up uh alfrey woodard 
is in an wow. episode and she is playing off of Pimbleton in that episode. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, fantastic acting there. Uh, we get another Law and Order crossover that happens. We've got, uh, oh my goodness, Peter Gallagher showing up here. Uh, oh, Jane Meadows, by the way, played Steve Allen's really? wife. That, that, wow. Yeah, okay. that, yeah. All right. And Michael Pena. Michael Pena. That's right. The, isn't he the guy that, uh, uh, he's the dude that does the Avengers or not the, the Ant Man recap? Yeah, yeah Ant Man recap. John Glover shows up as a uh, spy who ends up putting a suicide vest on and walking into the homicide unit. <laughs> like um, you do. Oh man, it's great. And then who else? Steve Burns. I know. I don't recognize the name, but I can tell you if you click on the photo, you're going to see Blues Clues guy. That's right. Steve Burns shows up. He's a bullied guy uh, who ends up taking uh, revenge on some basketball players. But I will say. I really enjoyed season six. Uh, as far as what we've covered so far between five and six, I think five is the stronger season. Yeah, but uh, I agree. Yeah, when we get into seven, um, no Pimbleton, man. It's kind of hard. Gonna be weird. It's going to be weird to watch a show without Andre Brower. It really is. It's going to be tough, and I think that's mm-hmm. why it's the final season. But again, I'm going to plead with you, please, if you watch season seven, which mm-hmm. hopefully you you set aside. I know it's twenty three. Set on set another hour and a half. Aside I'm going to start for, watching it now. That's what I did. That's uh, my intention. As soon as I'm do done one here, ep- I'm going to go to bed, but I'm going to put it on. <laughs> I went one episode. Uh, I, my intention was to do one episode a day, but YouTube mm. has a legit fantastic version of Homicide the movie, and you need to follow up the end of season seven with Homicide the movie because okay. it is impactful. It's powerful. It's really good, and you're going to see some familiar faces that you hadn't seen since uh, right. for a while. So, Well, that closes the book on this segment of From the Corner to the Deuce, the great works of David Simon, Homicide, Life on the Street, Season 6. We've had a fun week so far. Um, Monday, I did a double shot of Downton Abbey uh, with David Wright, and then a triple feature with Sean. We're really, really good show. We had a, we had a really great conversation about these porn-adjacent movies. Uh, it was X, which I highly recommend, Red Rocket, which you can skip, and Boogie Nights, which is still going on. Um, and then myself and Robert Winfrey talked Firestarter, one of our shorter shows, and for us, short means 90 minutes. Uh, but we wow. also talk about other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we usually go two, two and a half hours, depending on what we're talking about and how many people there are. This was such a nothing movie. Like, this is one of those where the craft review is not very long, but we spent a lot of time in the money just to talk about other stuff. Like we were, we were lamenting like the death of the billion dollar picture. That's, <laughs> that's most of that show. Um, right. So, the, so uh, today was the super blog team up. Um, so our contribution to the celebration of image, the anniversary of image comics was to compare the image comic term life to the movie uh, starring Vince Vaughn and Haley Seinfeld and um, John Favreau. So uh, check that out. Uh, Jesse's going to tell you about his Superblog team up. Tomorrow, uh, we were going to review Upload. I don't have time. I I can only get one show in tomorrow, if that. Uh, So instead, we are going to review Picard Season 2. Ooh. Uh, So that's going to be tomorrow. Uh, No shows over the weekend. We um, So it's just real quick, and I don't want to belabor this because i got stuff to do now. But... um, we had been t- listening back to shows from like two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, we were merging with American Whammy. We are no longer doing that. We are back to being the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, part of W2M. And W2M will continue to be what it always has been. 
But in the in the intervening weeks, and this is the point that I'm bringing up, uh, we haven't been like updating the website. So a couple of shows got missed. We are in the verge of trying to get back. We, we got the Moon Knight show up. Um, I still have to get pages up for Money Monster and everyone loves a bad guy for animals. And uh, we're still uh, backloading um, shows that didn't get pages from 2018 and 2019. I'm still working through those. So we, at one point, we're not going to have a website. And then the, some of the guys that contribute written re reviews were like, no, you know, we don't want to lose that. So we still have a website, which means I have to go back to updating the thing. So uh, just, you know, for those of you who care about such things, that's what's going on there. But all, all of our shows are up on YouTube. All of our, all the audio of our shows are on your available podcatcher. So it's really for all of you weirdos that still go to our, our website for whatever the reasons are. Yes, it's 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 been it's updated this week, and we're uh, and we're catching up the stuff that we missed the, the week prior, when uh, in between us not merging with American Whammy and continuing, <laughs> and after we decided we were in fact going to have a website, so. That's that. Jesse, real quick, do your plugs. Let's get out of here. All right. Yeah. Hey, check out the Source Material Comics podcast feed. Uh, we'll just today dropped my contribution to the Super Blog team up, which is a discussion. It's about 45 minutes, a little bit less than that, on Darker Image. Came out in 1993, featured the Max, Death Blow, and Blood Wolf. Lots of fun there. It's just me hanging out, talking about my experience with Image Comics and what happens in the pages of You're Darker Image. You were on the super blog team. Uh, not the, you were on the superhero satellite as that's well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Super superhero satellite podcast episode three dropped. And I got the, uh, oh man, the honor to hang out with Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, and talk about image comics as an intro to his interview with, uh, uh, Dave Olbrich, which, cool. yeah, that was a, that was very cool. Dave Olbrich, a central figure in getting image comics started. So mm -hmm. check that out. Super blog team up. Uh, we have uh, on the agenda here. We got tripped up. Trivia is going to be happening here in about a couple weeks. We're recording this coming Saturday and recording a, more image goodness coming your way. It might not be with the super blog team up, but unspoken issues is recording uh, tomorrow where Chris Armstrong and myself are going to be talking all seven of the image founder books, all first issues of each one of those cool so yep gonna be a lot of fun and uh yeah next week look out for extreme justice number zero for uh, unspoken issues and that is that all right thank you folks for joining us here on tv party tonight for the great jesse starcher who without him there would have been no show tonight uh i am lowly mark rattledge be well be safe and behave Two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.